Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Sammy. And we are the hosts of the Two Vague Podcast this week. How are you doing, Sammy? I am doing well. How about yourself? I am doing well myself as well. Well, well. Well, that sounds great. The word is going to be substance. And let me just start off by saying that we had some amazing vegan food before the show from a place called Substance Diner in Tucson. And we had a couple of vegan Sonoran dogs. So what were your thoughts on the vegan Sonoran dogs? They were actually really good. Yes. I appreciate um, that they made it taste as close to meat. It was very close. Yes. It was. The only thing that was missing for me was the grease. But other than that, it was the, the flavor was pretty spot on. Yeah, I th- it was the toppings for me. Yeah. Um, you know, the beans and then those pickled onions. Yeah. The pickled onions those were Those were really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we had some vegan fries, which are fries fried in something. Fried in not fat. Okay. <laughs> because that is not vegan. I heard. Okay. Yes. I, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. But that ranch, though. That ranch, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, a, and you know what? And, and we've covered this historically on the show. I'm not a big ranch guy unless it's on salads. Mm. But that dipping sauce with the dill was pretty tasty. I mean, I wouldn't even call that ranch. I would just call that dill sauce. It was delicious. It was like a creamy dill sauce. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I really enjoyed it. It was the best vegan ranch I've ever had. It had like a like spring onion in it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Mm-hmm. But this show isn't about food. It should be about ranch. No, it's not about ranch. You you didn't tell me you you wanted to talk about the word ranch. Well, next time. Next time that'll we'll be talk my about, word. Okay, ranch. This time we're going to discuss the word substance. So when you think of the word substance, what is the first thing you think of? The first thing I think of is substance abuse for okay. sure. But then mm-hmm. also after that would be. Um, like the substance of a person okay. or how someone is someone of substance. Like what makes somebody substantial, I guess. Okay. If it's for other people, if it's for themselves. Right. What is it? Right. Why? What defines a person? Yeah. Is is how you would you would think of substance. Right. Well, the first thing I think of is new order. New and order. As, yes. And as mm-hmm. you know, I grew up in the 80s. And I've got fond memories of England. One of the things that I did while I was in England is I bought New Order albums. We went to Virgin Records. Mm. I bought New Order Substance and New Order Technique. Have you ever been to England or out of, no, out, no. out of the country at all? Not technically, no. No, I've been to Hawaii, but I haven't okay, actually been okay. to a different, different country. country. Right. Do you do you want to go to a different country absolutely. at some point? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I want to um, go to Japan for sure. Oh yeah. Um right there with you. I've also wanted to go to Africa. Okay. Um and Australia. All right. Um, so you have plans to travel. One day, hopefully. Okay. That was the first time I'd been out of the country and it kind of opened my eyes to how how traveling in that way is a lot of fun and a lot of interesting things to learn and see and people to meet. My brother and I, we wanted to go. I was really into roller coasters. Mm. Are you? Do you like roller coasters at all? No, no, no. no. Is it not the, at all? Okay. Mm-hmm. Any amusement park stuff? No. I just don't like the feeling of wanting to vomit. <laughs> um, it really okay. turns my stomach rides yeah. like that. Okay. I don't prefer rides at all. Um, okay. And then. I mean, in Arizona, as you know, there there's not any like real amusement parks. Right, um, right. There are, you know, the Pima County Fair, or what what you know, whatever it may be. But right. I just feel you like still those don't rides like those they were put together yesterday. Right. You know, so they just seem really janky and unsafe. And I'll just skip that. Okay. I mm-hmm. will skip that. But if we were to go to Disneyland, that's a whole other thing. I might ride a few different things there. But okay. Who would you be opposed to? Roller coasters are completely out. Well, Roller not, coasters a, not are at a Disneyland, little... I okay. guess. Okay. But not that crazy shit that like goes upside down. I'm good. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm good. Actually, around the time we went to London, I was in a club called 
the American Coaster Enthusiasts. Oh. We got a magazine and every, you know, like every month. And a part of being a, a part of this club, we got to go to various amusement parks and things like that, and they shut down the place. And we went on a couple of those trips with other people who were roller coaster people, which was a lot of fun. But in the UK, we went to this place called Alton Towers. It was, I would say, like a third world Six Flags. It oh. was kind of like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't quite a Six Flags level place but now it's one of the top places you go to to go on roller coasters we were on this log flume ride my brother and i and we were being ignorant stupid american kids right and we were splashing each other in the back and there were two other kids up front and then i just wind up really really far back and get a whole bunch of water and splash my brother and he ducks out of the way and hits like this big thing of water hits these kids in the back of the head. And the one turns around to me and he goes, you busted. <laughs> and then we laughed all the way into the station. Mm, I'm sure he was very mad at you. He was. He was very mad For being at on us. a ride that's filled with water. So you know a lot of 80s music, right? Yes. Well, it, I mean, not as much as you. For right, sure, but right. I mean, New Order, yes, for sure. Um, do you, do you know Joy Division? I have, I've heard of them. Yes, okay. Joy Division basically was New Order before it was New Order. Okay, that and makes sense. Joy Division, I think, only had two albums. I think you probably heard of the song "Love Will Tear Us Apart." Mm-hmm. Again, that's yeah. that's Joy Division. I see. Ian Curtis was the singer of Joy Division, and then he committed suicide. Joy Division had the two albums, one in 79 and one in 80. And then when he committed suicide is when New Order formed around, you know, with the same core people, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the tragedy of New Order. But at the same time, it's kind of like you can you can trace the timeline of how New Order basically changed their sound over the 80s too. And they're pretty revolutionary, I would say, as far mm-hmm. as new wave music is concerned. I would even go as far to say they are like the new wave. I mean, it's the synthesizers and the drum machines. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, a lot of people I think would correlate New Order with the song Blue Monday. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. was, yeah. would you say, one of the most popular songs? I would new say Order it was pretty popular. With? Before I even know, knew it was called Blue Monday, it mm-hmm. was like the opening song for this music video show. You know, it was an off brand MTV that I was see. on late at night and they always played blue monday but then when i started delivering pizzas <laughs> that's wow. where that's where i discovered new order right right it's weird how you discover music in in various ways and i don't know if it's 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 a lot different now than it was back it when i was really young. is yeah. it really is even now from when i'm 10 years ago for me how different it is for me now it's, right oh yeah wild everything has changed with technology right Mm -hmm. but as far as when we would listen i worked at a yogurt shop too which is where i kind of got familiar with a lot of the new wave stuff and then also echo and the bunny men which were i think they were kind of friends with the new order folks too with peter hook and all them but um echo and the bunny men's got to be one of my it's like my favorite band pretty much ever Hmm. so are you familiar with them? Yeah, absolutely. Looks I, Like uh, Sugar was yeah. probably their biggest hit, but mm-hmm. Killing Moon and all those Killing Moon are... is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I, I, for um, New Order, right. I would say Bizarre Love Triangle. Oh, is, yeah, that's my, another it's, classic it's one. very, very upbeat and fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though, and that's the thing too. It's like a lot of their music. The if you listen to the lyrics, it's not as upbeat and fun as the as the music itself. No, absolutely not. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think back in the day when I was hanging out with the goths and stuff, um, they would they would pepper in a lot of these, you know, goth industrial nights, a lot of these new wave songs like that because they did have some um, subject matter in mm-hmm. the lyrics that was would appeal to your goth folks right. back in the day. but Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of The Smiths and Depeche oh, yeah, Mode, yeah. The yep. Cure, all that good stuff as yep. well. 
That's that's all that's all in my wheelhouse when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Depeche Mode though. I saw them in concert. Oh, very nice. At the World Music Theater, and it was mm-hmm. the Violator tour. And I went with a buddy of mine, and he was short, and I was tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were sitting, we had seats in the back, and he got up on his chair and was, you know, because he, you know, everyone was standing up, right? Right. And so he was trying to see over people, and then I was just standing up next to him. And then the security guard comes by and is like, taps him on the shoulder and tells him to get down. And then he gets down, and then he taps me on the shoulder and he tells me to get down. I look down, and he's like, oh, sorry. So, yeah. Rude. Yeah, kind of rude, but it was his mistake. Substance. Yes. Um, do you want to you want to talk about you said substances as far as a the making of a person mm-hmm. when you say the person of substance right mm-hmm. what was that that you were talking about because there's another definition of substance which is just basically matter of uniform properties right right but how do you how do you think well of that? to me the substance of a person is like do they add value to the world or mm-hmm. to themselves to other people maybe. Right. Um, you know, they create something, whether it's like a material item or a thought or an emotion. They work hard and accomplish something or they're either thinkers or doers. Right. You know what I mean? And all those things put together, I think, really can make a person, you know, who they are. Right. For sure. So, I mean, there there's lots of people out there that, I've, for example, I would say maybe... Um, I hate to like compare people together, but if you compare, you know, maybe like a CEO to a homeless person, like who would have more substance, right? you know, as a person? Right. But I mean, the thing is, yeah, I mean, making those comparison, I I think that's one of the things where how do you measure the substance of a person, right? It's, it's, it's almost like individuality. You right. know what I mean? Like right. you can measure your own substance. Because this homeless person may possess a wisdom that this CEO does not. Exactly. Or it's a very subjective sort of, sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? When things have substance, that, that's, you know, I think of usually like artistic sort of things that have substance not necessarily people like you like you put it but it but, but in a similar sort of an expression that has some meat on the bones or something that it, it's not just something that was just thrown down and just it's something that was given thought and mm-hmm. something that has some meaning behind it right mm-hmm. and then that's kind of what you were talking about with people yeah right? absolutely what is your favorite liquid? My favorite liquid. <laughs> I like to just spring out random questions every once Mercury. in a while. Mercury. I mean, the first thing that popped in my mind was elements okay. being substance. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. mercury. I thought you were going to go with something like coffee. Coffee is good too. Don't get me wrong. But right. that's, I would say, has less substance. Right. <laughs> well, what's your favorite liquid? Let's see. I think... I think a hot cup of tea. A like hot a cup yeah. of Earl Grey. Earl Grey is nice, but but I mean generally something that's a little spicy. Oh, you like that chai. I like I do like the the tea. Mm. <laughs> the tea tea. Yes. The chai tea, not the tai chi. Have you ever done tai chi? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that cool. Are actually, you sure? But I have done the chai tea. You have done the chai tea. Yes. Yeah. I'm not um, too fond of it, actually. No? Neither one. You don't one. like the spicy drinks? The chai concentrate is just disgusting. It is kind of sickeningly sweet. It's too sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It definitely it does have too much sweetness to it. I'm generally more a fan of brewing my own, but that gets a little tricky, too, when you try and brew your own and put milk like in Like homemade? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, when you make... Your own, like if you make it like a chai latte with a brood instead. Oh, I see. I thought you, yeah. I was just thinking of you like putting together your own spice, spices and boiling everything together with your cinnamon and your cardamom and, and your right. black pepper. Right. And then mm-hmm. I can make spice references. Like I could fold space like in Dune. Dune. Yeah, I totally would do that. Dune. I thought they were going to remake that movie. Actually. I thought they did. did I thought they? they, yeah, I think it, it's, I mean, if it's not out already, it's definitely coming out mm-hmm. soon. 
Yes, the original I grew up with that. My sister is a really big fan of stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. I kind of just grew up surrounding myself with Dune and Zelda so, and all that cool stuff. So the movie Dune, mm-hmm. you're talking about the one that had that had Sting in it, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And then also Patrick Stewart was in it. He oh. was he was Gurney Halleck in that movie. I actually haven't seen it as an adult. Oh, really? No, it's been a long time, but I did get HBO recently, and it is on HBO. I've been meaning to watch it. I, I do have it around here, probably on DVD is, is my guess, not not on Blu-ray, but I'm kind of interested in what they do with it. The universe is such an interesting universe that I really want to hear more about it, and I, and I want to see more about it. I think it would be a good series to have as opposed to just do a movie on it right but i don't know if that yeah no i I agree with that actually because the movie itself was so so long and i feel like it might have lacked a little substance right exactly it had the potential for right um so to make it like maybe even just a short series or you know a couple seasons that would just be great so the concept of folding space seems like a drug-induced sort of thing that would be done to allow you to travel long distances and not not feel like you've traveled long distances, right? And, and a lot of the technology in there is really unique and interesting sounding. You did mention movies and, and television shows and things having substance, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you watch on television right now or like Netflix or something that you think is an interesting show to you that has, you know, a lot to it? Well, I'm glad you asked. I just started a show yesterday. Okay. Um, it's called Squid Game. Squid Game. Yes. What? I'm pretty what is... sure it's called Squid Game. Okay. Shit. Um, but anyway, it's a Korean okay. um, show. Uh, it has subtitles but you can also turn it on the dubbed version okay um is it it's not an anime or anything no no it's it's a a real real life real life um and so story the main character is a father and he is a avid gambler and he's lost a lot of money okay and um he finds a way to make a lot of money okay um this man comes up to him was like hey play this game with me and i'll give you a shit ton of money if you win. And if you don't win, I'm going to slap you in the face. So they're playing this game. It's these two paper squares and they're on the ground. You got to throw the paper square as hard as you can on the other one to make it flip over. Right. So he keeps trying and trying and trying and he keeps losing. So he's just getting smacked up by this other random dude in a business suit. He gives him a card at the end of the game and is like, cool. If you want more money, call this number. So he just didn't win. Well, he won once. Okay. And he got a lot of money and he got really money hungry. But he also got slapped a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a gambler. He has that that drive to get as much money as he can with doing the least amount of work possible. Right. So he was like, you want to play some more games? You want to win a shit ton of money? Call this number. He calls a number. Um, Somebody says, here's your password. I'm going to come pick you up and uh, we're going to go play some games. And he's like, cool. Awesome. Um, he picks him up. He's like, what's a password? He's like, red light, green light gets in the van. Um, then he gets knocked out by some kind of gas. Okay. He wakes up completely different clothes in a huge room with 400 other people who are also there to play games. Okay. And it almost looks kind of like, um, you know, a concentration camp, if you will. Everybody's on their own bunk bed. Okay. Um, Is this like a game of death kind of like? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So um, red light, green light, they're actually playing that game. And I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm sure you are. Yeah. As a kid. Right. It's you a just kid's try game. And, you try and move and then not be seen and stop. Right. Right. So now all these other people, you know, they tell them the rules like, hey, green light, you go, red light, you stop. And if you move, you get caught moving, you get eliminated. Right. And they're like, awesome. Um, what they didn't know is elimination means death. Right. So, right. you know, obviously the person calling the red light, green light was actually a giant 
child statue that had like robotic eyes and would see that people are moving and then guns out of the walls would just come and fucking shoot people (laughs) okay so this is this is the first episode this is the first episode interesting yeah squid games squid game squid game singular yes singular um and i barely got through to i got through some of the second episode but basically there were whole rules for the game if you like the contestants you know if you don't want to play right you get eliminated and you get killed you get killed right um and if you want to win money you're going to play the game the other rule was um if everybody as a whole votes to completely leave the game everyone everyone um and it had to be you know more people wanted to leave than stay then you know everyone could go free because they're basically hostages at this point. Okay. Um, so everyone voted to leave. And then they drugged them back up and sent them off home. But then all these people in these games uh-huh. owed so much money. They were all in so much debt. Right. And I mean, we're talking, I think, by the end, which they had to play six or seven games, I think it was, to win all the money. But right. whoever survived the longest would get all the money. Right. And I think it was like 24 billion. Half of the people are mad that they have to leave. The other half are like, cool, we don't want to die. So I'm really excited to continue this show. I feel like it does have a lot of substance and it has a lot of potential to go either really good or really bad. Right. Um, it definitely right. keeps me on the end of my my chair, my seat. Right. And um, I highly suggest you watch it. It's on Netflix right now. Okay. Is it is it is it a horror type yes, of a thing? Absolutely. Okay. There's a lot of gore and violence and blood and right. I'm really into that shit. So Okay. Okay. Um if 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 you're not, then don't Which watch it. I am not. If you are not, then it's not for you. I is you know, is it people get shot right in the face okay. and they show it. Okay. So So it's not a romantic comedy. No. no. No, not at all. Okay. There's only one show recently that I've watched that I think has substance cooking with paris hilton no but we talked about that it's <laughs> hilarious have you watched it i watched maybe like the first fucking 10 minutes of it's that shit crazy. and i could not stand it it was so it's, goddamn it's, cringy it's so hilarious just oh just God. the fact that she's got a planner to plan what the room is going to look like after she's done you know what i mean it's like yep yep i do you know she got she she and, and it's like she's cooking with glitter all the time. I couldn't I couldn't get through it. I really couldn't. Yeah. I wanted to watch it. I wanted to right. see what it was. The Someone one, had suggested it and I was like, okay. Yeah, it's I'll give it, it a chance. It's not for everyone. Wasted it's my not time. for everyone. Wasted yeah. my time. It's not that show. Okay, what's the show? <laughs> I started watching Only Murders in the Building. It's uh Steve Martin, Martin Short. They've been doing a lot of stuff together recently, Steve Martin. I think for a long time. I feel like I've seen them in a lot of things together. Yeah, they did a couple of variety show things. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, it's Steve Martin, who is uh, who plays an actor who used to be on like a coach, you know, like an old school like seventies like series where he was a cop, and then he's by himself in this building, um, lives by himself, and then Martin Short is. He, he was involved in Broadway and musicals and, and pitching ideas and putting on shows. And, you know, he, once he got to a certain point, he became down on his luck and now he owes money in his building and he's trying to make ends meet, right? It's mm-hmm. like day to day, he's he doesn't make a lot of money. Selena Gomez plays okay. a character um, who... She lives in the building. You don't know much about her, but she's really into murder mystery kind of things, right? And all three of them kind of discover there's a murder in their building, and they all discover how into true crime they really are. So the Martin Short character has an idea that he wants to do a podcast, a true crime podcast, and then they all decide it's they're only going to focus on murders in the building. (laughs) So that's why it's called only murders in the building, but it's got comedy and it's, it, it has like twists and things that it puts in there, but it's, they're more, the characters are more 
trying to figure out what's real and what isn't, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't feel like you know how some some things they try and be um, clever just for the sake of being clever and twist things just to kind of deceive the audience. Things do take you by surprise, but it's it's not a part of the overall st- story or murder that they're. It's kind of an aside so far. It's just we're learning different things about these interesting characters as they go on, as they try and solve this murder. Well, it sounds so, like it has good twists. It well, so far it's pretty good and really funny, and you know all all the the main actors and even the supporting ones are pretty f- funny in it. My favorite Martin Short anything surprisingly, I don't know if you've heard of it, but he did a um he played the mad hatter in a version of alice in wonderland i think it was like 1999 okay and i mean he seems perfect for that yeah he really was um it was a really interesting um remake um of that movie right and i really enjoyed um he put a lot of different songs in there besides like the normal songs you would hear Mm -hmm. and i just i make that reference with my sister all the time um, the song is called Auntie's Wooden Leg. Okay. <laughs> and it's just fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's original music from this particular From this particular version yeah. of Alice in Wonderland. Yes. It's not in any of the other ones. And, and it's, it's just it, it's anytime, a time yeah. Anytime someone says Martin Short, that's the first thing that comes in my mind is him singing Auntie's Wooden Leg. You said uh at the top of the show, substance abuse. Is that something that you have had personal contact with? What makes you think of that? Well, it's been in my life, my entire life. Right. Um, Growing up with my mother, who to this day still is addicted to substances. Right. Alcohol, drugs, Mm. all that stuff. Right. Um, And being surrounded by it, obviously, I picked it up at a very, very young age. The first drug I ever did was mushrooms, okay. actually, but I was unaware. Um, so funny story about that. I was 11 years old, and my sister, <laughs> she was like, here, eat these. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, no big deal. And she was like, awesome. You should go swimming to the pool. And I was like, I will be going to the pool by myself at 11 years old on mushrooms. And okay. I was that a bad? Did you have a bad yes, trip? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. Are you familiar with the movie Spaceballs? I'm sure you are. Yeah, I am. Uh, Pizza the Hut. Oh yes, I remember Pizza the Hut. Yes, he um, came up out of the water and told me he was going to eat my pee pee. I didn't. I didn't know what was happening to me, so I got pretty scared and right. I ran back up to the apartment, kind of screaming. And um, I walked in, and my my mom was screaming at my sister. And she was just looking up at her and my sister's telling my mom that her face is melting. And then I um, go into the bathroom and my mom comes in and turns on like the hot water, like as hot as it can go. And she locks me in there and I was like, you're going to sweat these drugs out of you. And I was like, I didn't want to be around water, obviously, because I didn't want Pizza the Hut to come. Right. Uh, fast forward to a couple of years, started smoking weed, mm-hmm. you know, drinking, kind of got in with the bad, the bad crowd. So, so fast forward a couple of years, meaning like your pre-teens. Yeah. And um, I was just trying everything I can get my hands on at this right. point. My sister had moved out of the apartment. So it was just my, my mother and I, I grew up with her until I was 18 and she just basically let me do whatever the fuck I wanted. Right. Which at the time I enjoyed. But in re- retrospect. Right. Uh, being an adult now, I uh, I wish she would have done it differently. Right. But at the same time, every step that I've taken since then in my whole life has ended me up where I am now, which right. I'm more than happy to be where I am now. But I did struggle with addiction, mm-hmm. um, mostly with cocaine. Until I was in my early 20s, heroin as well. Right. And any kind of pill, really any drug I can get my hand on, I wanted to do. Okay. As much as I could. Right. But I feel like the co- it was the cocaine for me. Okay. Um, trying to get off of that while living with my mother who always has some kind of opiate in the house. Mm-hmm. 
So I think in my mid late twenties, I completely stopped doing all that stuff, but I did pick up drinking quite a bit. Okay. Do you think that was a replacement? Yes, absolutely. Like you tried to replace the drugs with something and it was... Mm-hmm. And it was alcohol. I mean, really, the withdrawals um, I had from like the hard drugs, like the heroin and the cocaine withdrawals, were mm. so terrible for me. I mean, contemplating suicide, right? Kind of terrible right. withdrawals. In your early twenties, right? That's no, what... no, I had the withdrawals in my teens, um, and then I kind of just stuck with drinking for my right. early twenties. Right. Um, but you know, having to go to high school and graduate high school while having drugs on my mind all the time um, mm-hmm. was a real challenge. Right. But, you know, I got I got through it. I got through it. I graduated on time with my class, which a lot of my family was really surprised. Right. So right. it just, that kind of addiction runs in my family. It kind of um, gets passed down from yeah, generation Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. Yeah. My sisters, my oldest sister, I don't know her well, but the few times that I have seen her, I can definitely tell that she's struggling with right. alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, my middle sister, however, Joey, uh, we talk every day. She's one of my best friends. She has impressed me with how much progress she's made. Um, in as, fact, I think last week, we're talking addiction. About addic- yeah. like, so fighting. Yes. She urge. last week was her five, fifth year sober. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm very proud of her. She's definitely, I've seen her go through some shit, but she is fucking killing it right now. And that's the thing. I think that when you're... Ad- Suffering from any kind of addiction, I think you can put yourself down to a point where the the whole giving it up, you should celebrate those those benchmarks, those those every year. Was she a part of any program? Did oh she? yeah, yeah. Okay. She's been an AA the whole time. Okay. I think that okay. now she's able to become like a sponsor after okay. five years of sobriety. It's like a, you get some sort of chip, or yeah, something. she does get the chips. Yeah. I believe she still goes to meetings every week, actually. Okay. Just growing up with that, struggling with that my whole life, mm-hmm. um, I don't struggle with it anymore. Okay. I do have an occasional drink now and then, but I actually don't do drugs anymore Right. whatsoever. I used to um, use medical marijuana because okay. I have a brain injury and it stops me from having seizures. Okay. But I quit using that too. Something happened to me after I turned 30 where whenever I would smoke or do an edible or anything like that, I would have severe panic attacks. Okay. Um, don't know why. So I right. just stopped doing it. Yeah. And yeah. I've only had one seizure since then. Okay. So I I just deal with it now. I just deal with the headaches. Um, the epilepsy is a little harder. Um, right. It's not. It's a little more on the mild side. Right. It's a very specific flashing that just throws me right into a seizure. But um, have you? Okay. So it's like. Like even like video game stuff, like certain no, flashing no. patterns? It's or? just one specific flashing pattern that I've seen that actually sends me. And okay. it is the very right. abrupt black and white, okay. really fast, right. um, nonstop flashing. Okay. So I so, can't really go to raves or anything. Right, right. Um, you're, by the way, you're not missing much. I, I know. I, I lots, yeah. lots of soap suds and, uh, and ecstasy yeah. and all sorts yeah. of things like that. Which so. ecstasy is quite the drug okay um but yeah i never partake i don't smoke weed i tried it wasn't for me right understandable made me very hungry yes that's about it yes and very hyper it Mm. made me Mm. which is weird because everyone else was all mellow okay so substance abuse that's something because it's been a big part of your life as far as navigating. Right. That's why when you say substance, that's why. That's you think the of first that. thing that comes to mind. I mean, I living with it, um, right. Sounds being like your part of it. Life. Yeah. I've ha- I've lost friends to it. Right. Um, I've almost lost myself to it mm-hmm. on accident and on purpose. Right. You know, I just I just feel too old now, and I and I have no want to do any of that anymore. Um, and, that, and that's another thing too. If you have your sister, the middle sister, as a support mechanism, mm-hmm. you can support each other, and, and right. that you know that's that's something. Right? I have very supportive people in my life. Very cool. Um, very close people who I mean, I at this point, um, I could never live without. I right. mean, 
they don't define who I am as a person mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but they definitely support me and love me unconditionally. And to have that in my life is what makes me feel okay. Yeah. And what gets me up in the morning, puts me to bed at night. I mean, it is, I'm so fucking lucky mm-hmm. to have people like that in my life. Yeah. And I would never give that up for anything. It's when you're struggling with any kind of mental sort of issue, right. um, be it, addiction or um, substance abuse or panic and anxiety, having in place a good support system, just people, maybe one or two people, doesn't have to be family, Mm -hmm. just someone you really trust who understands what you're going through, Right. right? And understands that if you need to talk to them, you just need them to listen right. or, or something, you know, like that. Right? Yeah. And then, I mean, even going through that music has helped me through a lot of it as well. Yeah. Um, listening and writing my own music and making my own music, things like that. It's just has helped me so much. So, so what do you, what do you play? I play guitar. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And, yeah. and are, do you just do little, little, little songs here and there? Or is it well, just kind of like you I just, just play, play for fun? whatever. It is definitely a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've been playing for a long time. I don't play as much as I used to, but mm. it, it really calms me down for mm-hmm. sure. I do like to cover some songs, but I mostly just play whatever happens. Right. Kind um, of an artistic sort of. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So, and that's how I go about it. And I don't. A lot of the times I actually don't remember what the fuck I just played. Right. Um, and right. I haven't really ever recorded myself. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a few times, but I haven't kept anything, I don't think. Yeah. That's um, that's something that I think takes some time before you feel comfortable in your own ability to, to do that, to record yourself. Well, if I recorded myself, I wouldn't necessarily play it for other people. Right. Unless they were be, people like really fucking close to me. Right. You it, know? It, it would be either for you to assess later assess and learn right i've I've never really played in front of people either yeah okay so there is something i wanted to talk to you about substance abuse Mm -hmm. that relates to video games oh perfect um and this is within i think it's the last two years or so international classification of diseases has listed gaming disorder it's gaming disorder predominantly online and gaming disorder predominantly offline. And those codes are 6C51.0 for the online one and dot one for the non-online one. Now, what are your thoughts on something like that compared to substance abuse? I, I think they're two different things, right? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, to classify playing video games as a disease um, is is interesting. I have heard of it. I can understand, you know, an addiction to games. Right. What my perception of that would be quite literally someone putting a a chair in their living room that was a refrigerator, a toilet, everything, and then like never moved from that spot. Right. Like never. They Mm -hmm. because they didn't have to. You know that I would consider that an addiction. Sure. Okay. But other than that, I, I find that quite silly, Yeah, I think. I do know of cases where someone is playing you know, playing a game and getting really into it, and then their partner comes by and says, hey, we got to go do this thing, and then there's a response that's like a negative, you know, hey, you know, I'm fucking doing this, you know, or, or whatever, right. right? I don't know if it's necessarily addiction, but it's not right. I don't think it's a disease at that point. And is addiction to something that is a physical thing, like television, is that really a disease? I wouldn't consider it a disease because, yeah. I mean, personally, anyway, I'm, people say, oh, TV, video games, they'll, they'll rot your fucking brains out. But, right. I mean, I have way better hand-eye coordination than somebody who doesn't play video games. As far as television, I don't watch it that much, but physically, I would not consider being addicted to fucking Coke the same thing as being addicted to the TV. Right. Because, right. yes, over time, um, it will hurt you, sure. Right. However, cocaine will kill you. Watching TV will not kill you unless it literally like fucking falls on you or something. I, I can't really compare the two, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's, 
I understand it. I understand where it can be a problem. Right. But I don't know if it's a, a disease. And there's also there's also when you say substance abuse versus substance addiction. Right. I think those are also two different things. Agreed. Um, yes. Abuse, I think, is a step to addiction, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't think it's the same level. What, what Correct. Are you, what do you think? No, I agree. I I believe that abusing a drug is going to cause you to become addicted, mm-hmm. which is obviously a lot harder to deal with. Right. Um, but as far as actual substance abuse, I would like in my mind, I would consider like a college kid, right? They're using drugs on the weekend to have a party. That would be substance abuse versus the lady that's sitting on Grant Nelvernon right now smoking crack out of a pipe that she just bought from the Circle K right there, like begging people for money. Like mm-hmm. that would be an addiction. Anyway, Slice said it could be a problem, but I think it's varying levels. It's just identifying how best to help people with an addiction or substance abuse. I think also there's a sort of like impaired control sort of thing that occurs with drugs and alcohol that mm-hmm. I wouldn't say happens with video games. You I know agree. what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think there is an impairment to the point where you can call it, there's a problem if you refuse to do anything else, but right. I think that may be a different psychological problem than something that seems to have more of a physical sort of component to it. And people say that, you know, when you play games, there's a dopamine sort of... Yeah, a chemical reaction. Chemical reaction. Mm-hmm. But it occurs with everyone in screens now. And it's wild to me, especially when I see babies operating oh. like iPads and laptops right. and things like that. Like, bitch, I can barely operate my iPhone. Right. I, it's so fascinating to me that I see these little tiny babies right. that can figure it, figure it out. do it all completely on their own. It's really interesting how the thought process is different now, too, and how socially we interact a lot differently than, than we used to. It, it's, it's a weird, slippery slope online media and things like that and and social media in general internet is forever my friends yes well there's that too right there's there's keeping a record that's the other thing too with this online versus offline gaming Mm -hmm. kind of thing i mean isn't it just a gaming addiction right right what's the what's the difference between an online gaming addiction and an offline gaming addiction do you think there's necessarily a difference i mean no, I don't think there is um, really because gaming is gaming. Now, I know the difference between gaming online versus gaming offline. For right. example, the two games that are popping up into my mind would be playing Call of Duty with your friends online. Right. You know, everybody's on all different sides of the country, different sides of the world, whatever, versus right. playing Sims 4. Right. You know, that's not an online game. Right. Um, so, I mean, multiplayer versus single player. Right. You mentioned... Um there's Call of Duty, like that kind of thing where you have mm-hmm. teams of people. Right. And there's a certain social interaction that occurs in those things, and you're you're interacting with your teammates. Right. But at the heart of it, it's still a game. And there's still, if you're addicted to the game, you're addicted to the game, not the people or not being online necessarily. Right? Is that what you think? It could be both, actually. Right. Maybe yeah. you're addicted to talking to people right you know but you're you don't like to socially be around people physically i just think that's maybe more of a social replacement than it is absolutely uh, which can also be an addiction i i feel like it's both okay i feel like it's both yeah and i was thinking world of warcraft is another one of those games where there's a sort of an escapism that occurs with those the one common thing i think about with substance abuse or an abuse of a thing like this is an escapism. So why do you do this thing? You don't want to deal with that situation. Video games can be that. And if you're playing an RPG and you're like trying to, you know, people who role play other things, Yes. you know, like they, they'll role play whatever the character is as mm-hmm. opposed to, and I don't, I don't think that's inherently bad, but what I'm saying is that can be a form of escapism that sort of relates to, to being addicted to something. Agreed. Right? Yes. 
have you played any MMORPGs or Warcraft or, or anything like that? I mean, that? not Warcraft or okay. anything like that. I am an avid Skyrim player. Okay. And, you know, I have played, you know, the first person shooter games and things like this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I have played Call of Duty. I have right. played, um, you know, Apex and things like that. But I, um, I don't necessarily prefer them. I do more like... You know, one-player games offline like with, with narrative and with, with narrative with a story mode and things like that. Yeah. I I specifically remember I had gotten uh, Call of Duty World War II for my birthday one year. Okay, and I got it for the story mode mm-hmm. of it. I I did study a lot of the Holocaust and things like that in in middle school and in high school. Right. So I I just always found it fascinating being one that loves blood and gore and bullshit like that. But, you know, obviously there's a difference between story and reality. But was it a good story? It was a great story mode. Okay. For the World War II um, Call of Duty. It was a great story mode. I I feel like it could have been longer. Okay. um, But they definitely wanted to. They use those games mostly for the online playing. So I feel like I think the latest one actually didn't even have a story mode. I always confuse all those war games. Yeah. Wasn't there a big thing that one of the war games, and I don't know what it's called, but it was like a a Cold War, coming like the 80s, kind of, you know, it's during that period of time. I'm sure that was some Russians Call of Duty. And, and sort of, yeah. Yes, yes, actually. And that was, um, that was the one, I think, recently where they, is that Ubisoft that does? Yes, I think okay. so. Um, there were some complaints from Russians. There starts to be this sort of, debate about history and and what's accurate and what isn't and how you're representing people and and i just want to say it's a game it's it's not real right that doesn't excuse the rewriting of history but still it's just a game it's telling a story it's just a game i i games like that sure um there are other games that um i feel like you they do depict history well. Right. I mean, of course, they, they go off topic and create the narrative for the main character and things like that. But, you know, other games like that, I think, are absolutely fascinating, mm-hmm. um, especially the Assassin Cre- Assassin's Creed games. Oh, okay. Those you, ones you are like really those? cool. Yeah. 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 I, um, I started with Black Flag. Okay. Um, I thought that... The Pirates. The Pirates. Yeah. The Pirates. Yeah. Um, the thing that got me to stop playing that game was those fucking pirate ships dude i could never get those to work and then i think the copy i bought was jacked up because i always got stuck on this one fucking part and i could never get past it so so you mean like controlling the ships? controlling the ships yeah in in the ocean and like you know fighting other pirate ships it was it was too hard for me i couldn't i couldn't do it um and then i got i think what was the one i don't know if it was the one after that but it was the um odyssey Okay. I think because I was always into like Roman culture and things like that. Um, that one was fascinating. Absolutely. I think um, Evan is Evan still playing that, or has she moved on to Valhalla? I think she was playing. Yeah, she was playing Valhalla now. Okay. okay. Um, but she was, I believe, she was playing Odyssey. Yeah. I, don't, I always confuse the those because I gave up on Assassin's Creed. Why? Wait, Why would okay. you do that? It it it's a dumb reason. But now it's turned into the type of a game that I'm not really into. So now there's a lot of it's it's more of a an open world kind of you know kind of game, right? right? Whereas before it was more of a story kind of game. Mm-hmm. It was less of a open world game. And the problem I had with the very first one <laughs> was when one of the main things you had to do was move through a crowd. And push people gently aside to not alert people. For some reason, that hit me in such a way where it's like, this is dumb. I mean, it's not, it's not really stealth. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the way it was presented to me was, was like, this is a dumb game dynamic. I don't want to do this. Understandable. Walking on ice in games. Mm. I hate that. I enjoy the noise. Okay. I love the sound of crunching or in real life. Have you ever walked on ice in real life? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever fallen through? No. Hmm. No. Anything I've fallen through was when we were testing the ice uh, to make sure it was okay for playing hockey on, but it was just, 
it was really like less than a, a foot and a half, two feet of water. So it wasn't a big deal. Oh, yeah. It it's fun. not like we're going out on a big lake or a river or anything. Mm-hmm. So I was talking more about the slippery nature. Like when you walk and you slip, it just seems to be the, the thing where your character will yes. just slide. Yes. And then slide Fucking past or slide off the edge. Have you ever played Spyro? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the goddamn worst trying to play. What was it? Hockey or something with mm-hmm. those fucking tall ass motherfucking things <laughs> trying to get the fucking hockey puck past that guy. We were slipping and sliding and you can only go one speed right on that fucking ice. And I swear to like this, frustrating. So, some of those things where it's trying to simulate, you know, the, the fact that when you I mean, you can make it anything you want. It's a game. So why make it annoying where, you know, like if you if you switch directions, it's slow to get get traction, right. you know? Yeah, I know it's ice. For the That's challenge. Great. They yeah. do it for the challenge. We like to think that. Maybe they did it to annoy people. Who knows? Well, I mean, if they have the choice, then they can do it. Yeah. Good for them. Do you have any uh, video game thing specific to substance you, you want to bring up? In my opinion, obviously, open world games have more substance than first person shooters. Okay. Um, by by more substance, you mean more to be found? More to be found, more to be played. Um, okay. I mean, there being a story mode. So, so substance as in like quantity. quantity There's a quantity and of... then quality okay. as well. I would For fight sure. you. I would fight you on quality. Why I, I, is that? The reason I would fight you on quality for open world games is I don't think I've played one recently that's really hit the balance of unique quests, unique stories. It's it's like fetch quests are always the big thing, or or whatever. I, I what I think has more substance personally to me is something that has a story that they're telling me a story that I'm interacting with them in a a complete story. And if there are side things to do along the way that may or may not um, build towards what what you're doing, mm-hmm. that's fine. But if there's too much to do in a world and too many things to focus on, I mean, the variety is okay, but you can't tell me that each one of those storylines is the best storyline that's been written. No, absolutely not. But I think the quantity of it because you don't, you know, maybe you get overwhelmed with the amount of work that you need to do in like those big open world games. Right. Um, but you just stick to one thing at a time. You find one quest that you really like. Yeah. And usually, specifically for Skyrim, you know, there may be a quest where you just have to talk to one person and that's the whole fucking thing. Right. Or right. you start a quest and then to finish that quest, you have to do 30 more quests. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And I do like the option of being able to start those you know 30 quest long stories and then being like cool i actually need to take a break from this and then go do something else for a little while and then being able to come back to it when i feel ready to yeah rather than you know the pressure of those first person shooters were obviously like cool this is the game right this is the game you need to kill all these people um, there may be yeah. a little story. There may be a point. You need to kill all these yeah, people. The save, to... the save points are, are, are really big in those, right. whereas opposed to the, the quests are the save point. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I, th- I think that games like that for Skyrim yeah. has more substance than Call of Duty. Okay. I agree with you on that. Yeah. And, and I think one that I think hits the mark pretty well was Horizon Zero Dawn. Taking down robotic dinosaurs with a bow and arrow you had me with just that. Right. Right. Yeah. But they handle their quests in the world. They, they, they feel they're, they're all the same quest types and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for some reason they, they add new machines and wrinkles in such a way that makes it feel like it's new. Right. So it doesn't feel like you're doing the same mission over and over again. There's some variation to it because of how the environment and how the other machines, you know, react to you and such. So I'm looking forward to the the new one, uh, Forbidden West, which is coming out for the PlayStation 5. What I wanted to talk about as far as substance, haptic feedback. 
Do you know where I'm going here with haptic feedback? No idea. No? Mm-mm. You know what haptic feedback nope. is? Mm-mm. In games, it's like a kinesthetic communication, like rumbles. Rumble packs are, are an example oh, of that. Oh, I see. Okay. With haptic feedback on triggers with the new PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. that's what it's got. An example they give is is like when you use a trigger to pull the string of a of a bow, mm-hmm. it feels like you're pulling a string of the bow. That's fascinating. Like that kind of feedback. It's right. it's and it's you know gone through its various phases, uh, and but a very basic one is just rumble packs, right? right? Rumble things or things that vibrate. I remember when rumble packs they came out on the Nintendo sixty four. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's when they like actually came out as being part of, you know, a video game, but specifically playing um, Ocarina of Time and going fishing. Right. And then that whole fucking <laughs> controller fish. just right. shaking when you caught a fish. Yeah. Like that is, yeah, it just really immersed you into the game more. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. now all the controllers have it. There are some creative uses of that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the with the haptic feedback with the with the triggers mm-hmm. and, and things like that and how that will evolve. Right. Because I think something you know what before we go into that, um, more basic versions of your haptic feedback like just vibration and stuff. Where even in the arcades, mm-hmm. there there like there was a motocross game that basically added feedback to the handlebars even as far back as 1976. Wow. Yeah. Which is very much in the black and white days mm-hmm. of of video games, right? It absolutely. Yeah. Um I remember there was a pinball machine called Earthshaker which was uh a Bally Williams table. We we pinball guys call them tables, so just just, you know, put that in the back of your head, if I say a table, that's what I mean—a pinball uh, table. Okay. But Earthshaker was one where it would rumble mm-hmm. the, the whole table itself, and right. it would—you would see the the shifting going on of the actual playfield. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the first examples of like haptic sort of feedback. So you're a pinball guy, then? I am definitely a pinball. Guy. Have you been to Cobra? Yes, I have been to you Cobra. You have been to Cobra? I've also been... Yeah, on, the one downtown, yeah, right? The, it's like near 4th Avenue. Right. I forget which There's one that one. that's called. It's D&D Pinball or something like that. Yeah, something like that. like that. It's just like a garage. Yeah, you it's know? a garage. But and, right. and, and the problem I have with that is I used to work at an arcade. And the, the guy that I worked for was a pinball fanatic. Mm. He absolutely loved pinball. Pinball his, wizard, if you will. Yeah, seriously. Like his arcade, the machine was originally, it was a pinball arcade. And then turned into an arcade arcade, right, that had all sorts of different stuff and Mm -hmm. and video games and things. And then, you know, it got more uh, ticket redemption things. You kind of followed the the whole path of the death of the arcade, right? Went from pinball to video games to ticket redemption stuff. And then that's it. Closed down with them all. Have you been to round one? No, I have not. I've been meaning to go. I am I hear there's a lot of weird So fucking surprised. You haven't been to it's a, very Japanese. Yeah. There's a lot of Japanese. There's been, shit in there that doesn't have any English on it. Do they have uh, any of those um gashapon kind of things like those little you can collect the little figurine things? Yes. Yes. They do have gashapon. The whole bottom floor alone is basically all like claw machines but the like the japanese claw machines where it's not just like you know you lower the claw and you grab it you have to actually maneuver the claw to like push down Mm -hmm. um you know the stuffed animal or whatever it may be um they have these giant claw machines where you can pick up this fucking huge fluffy thing right and they're hard as shit um to get those and then there's other machines where you have to like match up a light to one specific little purple light on the big round table right and then it will drop you know whatever these are all prize things yeah yeah they are all prize um and then of course they have your you know classic ski ball and there's pinball but the more domestic kind of it's the really fascinating like japanese like machines to me they have 
Um, I, I see you're familiar with Guitar Hero. Yes. Um, yes. They, they have, have taiko, one. They have the drum, the taiko they drums. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. And it, it looks, I've never played it myself. It looks mm-hmm. way too fucking intense for me. <laughs> and then they also have bowling, which is fun. Cool. Who doesn't like a good bowling game? Yeah. Um, and then they have karaoke, which probably still isn't open because, you know. Right. pandemic right but the arcade is open the arcade's open yeah okay. i definitely do want to check it out if it's got a lot of that kind of it's got a lot stuff. of really cool shit yeah before we get into my question about where that technology and rumbles and mm-hmm. and, and um things i don't know if we're going to keep this um <laughs> <laughs> what is it it's kind of dirty go for it uh it's uh teledildonics it's just Tele- dildo vibrations. <laughs> Teledildonics was Tele- coined. Yeah. Dildonics. Teledildonics. Just that word alone is fucking great. Yeah. Teledildonics. But is it specifically it was, for like vibrators and dildos and it, shit? It, it was first coined in 1975. So I think it might be an antiquate. Maybe just people just call it. Well, I mean, dildos is that what can sh- be without that's what vibration. Short for vibrators, right? Dildos are? No, is that why it's, it's just called a well, dildo? No, because. Di- <laughs> <laughs> Because dildos are just the thing. It's not, it's just, it, yeah, it's just the device. It's just a device. fucking, you fucking it's, dildo. It's not, it's not vibrating, right? Right. And the teledildonics. So that would just guess, be a vibrator. Would be, would be a vibrator. Right. Yeah, <laughs> dildonics. Teledildonics. That's fucking I was, hilarious. I was, when I was researching uh, haptic feedback, mm-hmm. they were giving some examples, and that was in there right. with. Uh, vibrators that's fucking hilarious i guess you could simulate things right that would also be a big question about how you know like sex robots and Mm -hmm. stuff i don't necessarily want to go there but i mean there could be some feedback involved there uh i think my aunt is blush is going to be blushing on this too oh aunt nora Nora. hi nora hello Nora. i hope you're doing well today yes so with things like haptic feedback the reason I talked about that in the first place is I think as far as the next iteration of video games or controllers, that it would be interesting to have substances, like when you when you touch something in a game, like you put your hands in, a, in sand right. or some kind of, or water mm-hmm. or some kind of substance, it would feel that way. Or maybe change temperature or... But we're talking about more like it would feel like you're actually holding things, right? I I feel like that would be really fucking cool if it was like um, VR kind of shit. As far as virtual reality stuff, some of it's really friggin' amazing. I've never, I've, I've never fucked with that. Yeah, I've, I don't know much about it. I've seen stuff on the internet. Um, one thing that I do want to try is that like it's some kind of music game. Um, like almost like a rhythm game, but mm-hmm. you have like what look like lightsabers, and you have oh, to like beat saber. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. looks cool as shit. Yeah, that looks so fun. People and then, love beat saber. Um, also the the hilarity of I guess the VR chat rooms where you can mm-hmm. like make yourself look like whatever, like any kind of cartoon, and then you just talk to random people, right? Like just as that cartoon around. and as yeah. that character, you know. Yeah. And I just think that is so funny and i would love to try that one day but if they could take you know things like that and turn it into something that's so much it's so reality whereas if you can touch something and it feels like whatever you're touching the game you feel it like the idea of that is terrifying you think it is i think it's absolutely terrifying like because what could that even lead to like if you're running on the beach, maybe right. right? Yeah, and but it imagine... feels like you're running on a surface that is the surface. Like right. when you're running on snow, that substance is different than anything else, right? Right. Uh, the sound mm-hmm. is what is what makes it. But the next thing I think is feeling that somehow, right? And yeah, that could be scary, mm-hmm. right? And maybe that's not where we should go with with games is is having this full immersion, like feeling the things or feeling the same things. Because then you're starting to get into weird territory where it's like feeling pain. Right. I was actually just about to talk about that. Um, Imagine a horror game. Right. Right. You know, where you're sleeping in a bed in your VR game and then somebody reaches up and 
cuts your fucking legs off or something. Right. I would actually be into that. That sounds fun because you know <laughs> that's not real, but if you can feel it and you see it, like your brain's going to trick you. In the future, maybe not in our lifetime, I can definitely see things like that being invented. So as far as games going to the next sort of iteration, do you think it's VR or do you think it's something else? I think they're still going to make, you know, classic games, console right. games and things like that. It's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Technology is just going to become better and better and better until the point where they do get to that VR where you can feel and touch and smell all these substances in the game and basically be there without being there. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's going to happen in the future. Yeah. It sounds very possible yeah. in the near future, actually, but... I also think that it's dangerous territory. Absolutely. It's not necessary. They shouldn't do it, but they're going to. Right. Right. Maybe it does have some sort of function, you know, like robots, right? If you can feel that pressure, like you need to, you know, pick up something with a certain amount of pressure. That could be something that, you know, amputees could feel again, feel things again. Yeah, I was just thinking that actually, too. Like somebody, like a quadriplegic, like if it's them going into VR and then being able to feel like they have hands and, you know, arms and legs again, you know, to be able to walk around. Yeah, even even the develop of, you know, like prosthetic things that Mm -hmm. have that kind of thing would be another application of haptic sort of feedback, I would be guessing. So anyway, well, on that note, your final views or final words My final on the word substance. Views on substance. Yeah. Um, be substantial. Yeah. You know, make a difference for yourself. Right. That's what's most important. Right. I mean, you don't have to do anything for anybody else. If something makes you happy, don't just half-ass it. Just do it, man. Just do it. Living your life to contain experiences that that to be substantial in that way trying new stuff right just just do that and then also one quick aside if you are struggling with substance abuse you should seek help there's endless resources out there for you but you don't you're not going to seek help unless you want to seek help right so so if it's you know that's exactly that's exactly true and you've got to be focused if you're going to be successful on it on that note substances we talked about them we had fun did we have fun we had a great time. 10 out of 10. Excellent. Do I need to say that word again? I'll say it. Dildonics. Okay. Google it's it. It's teledildonics. You but that's can okay. Google it. Teledildonics. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the Too Vague Podcast. Uh, my name is Ben. I'm Sammy. Bye. <laughs> you can say yeah, bye. That's bye. fine. Bye.